What is the goddamn deal, YouTube? It's your boy, Mark. Wait, wait, sorry. Wait, wait wrong Mark person. <laughs> oh, I gotta have gum fucking around. Um, yeah, so um, it's been a while since we recorded. So I think it's probably worth just checking in and seeing what everybody's up to in the last, I don't know, three weeks or so. Um, I know we've gone through crazy election cycle, crazy storm, and still to this day, um, as of today, at least for this week, rain and, and um, flooding. But prior to that, what has everybody else been up to? It's weak. It hasn't stopped raining for like a month and a half. Yeah. It's- yeah, that is true. Yeah. So getting a little depressing. I've been. I've done nothing but sit at home taking photos of nothing. <laughs> Christian, you've done more fun things. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have. I just got back from Tennessee. I was over there. Uh, You're the only wedding. And well, before, actually, we haven't done a show in like three weeks, two yeah. and a half weeks or something. something like because that. it was my fault. It was completely my fault. I was not in Miami and um i don't really bring anything with me like to to be able to do podcasts when i travel which is probably a terrible idea i should probably do that but anyway we went to chicago first to shoot an engagement session it was beautiful the day we got there it was snowing uh that was kind of hard to deal with i had to shoot in like 30 degree weather uh you guys know this uh the sl2 and the q2 are made from aluminum which makes them blocks of ice in the cold (laughs) uh and you can't shoot with gloves on unless you have really really great touchscreen gloves which i did not have because i live in miami and i don't have any use for touchscreen gloves so uh i was basically my hands are just frozen for like three hours straight and then after that we went to wisconsin and it was my birthday so we hung out there for my birthday and then came back for two days one of which was election day so i got to spend election day in miami which was a shit show to say the least and um and then we got and then we went to tennessee to shoot a wedding which was awesome uh tennessee is beautiful we were right outside of nashville at um the wedding venue was reba mcintyre's old like property and it was it was insane dude it was so beautiful like the weather was perfect and the light was perfect like the weather was in the 70s all day and the ceremony was outside with like the most perfect golden light and all the trees were like red and orange and it was on a lake and it was literally like um it, one of the most magical weddings i've ever shot it was awesome rub it in so that's what i've been doing yeah rub it in and then i got back to miami <laughs> and it's been raining ever since and i've had to cancel i'm not exaggerating like seven shoots this week because of this rain like not cancel but postpone I was complaining to you guys today, like, my dog's kind of sick, so I've been staying home from work and taking care of the dog. And she wants to be outside because apparently she gets cold inside. She's been, like, shivering. So I'm, like, outside all day long with the dog. And I have my X100, my M362, my Q2, and my GR3 all with me outside. (laughs) It's playtime. Yeah. (laughs) Except the sun did not show its face at all. Like, it was behind a thick layer of clouds like it's so ugly outside i don't know know, uh from you know everyone that listens to us where you guys are from but if you've ever been to miami it's just endless rain for this year has on top of everything that's happened has just been endless rain and it's ruining everything you want to hear something like depressing you know the way the sun's looked like the past two days where it has not shown its face yes when i went to paris it was like that for the first four days. 
We did not see yeah, the sun that. for four days. Yeah, but but you're in Paris. No, dude, it was like and I know that's a biased thing to say because Paris is like my favorite thing in the world. But <laughs> it was like it was like negative ten degrees. I had never been so cold in my life. Oh, yeah, I, no. I remember that you were saying that. Yeah. Like, we, we we packed for it. We checked the weather. They're like, oh, it's gonna be like fifty degrees. Cool. First day there, we're waiting to go to the Arc de Triomphe. It starts snowing. <laughs> like this is not fifty degrees. Oh my Shit. god, dude. That's what happened. That's basically what happened to me in um in Chicago, dude. We got there. And I have a buddy who lives there and I had texted him the day before, like, here, we're going to Chicago. So then I wake up the next day to a text message and I look at my phone all tired and he goes, and it said, look outside. And I was like, and I, as soon as he said that, I was like, no. And I opened the window. I like <laughs> peek over the curtain and it's just pouring snow, dude. And I was like, yeah, oh, God. That, it, it's funny. Chica- Chicago apparently does that to people. When I went there, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it was January this year, actually. You know, it was cold and I knew it was going to be cold, but like right as I was leaving, like they were canceling flights left and right because the snow was just coming down. You're not talking about January. You're talking about October 23rd. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Well, I, I went in June. I, I went in June and it, like, I was like, oh, it's June. I hear it's great in the summertime in Chicago. And except for one day, we did not see the sun. It was gloomy. It was cold by you know Florida standards. Like it's like in the fifties, like pies. It's like what the, f- what the hell, man? Like this is not what I expected. That's what, well, we were expecting it to be in the fifties while we were there, which is cold for Miamians. But you know, like yeah, you it's know, manageable. Jacket, you're you're fine. Yeah, it's manageable. It was freezing, bro. The girl that the 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 girl from the couple we were shooting, dude, she was straight up. Her lips were turning blue, and I was <laughs> like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "What was the connection to fine. Chicago?" Is she from um, Chicago or? No, they're from here. They're Cubans from here. And they just they're wanted to go Chicago. to Chicago to do it? No, no, they live there. Oh, they, they live there. there for oh, work. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then the wedding in Tennessee was also um, a couple from here that just went to Tennessee, fell in love with Nashville, and then started looking at wedding venues up there. And they found that place. And man, that, that property really is it's something. It's really. Do they live here then? They live here, yeah. They're okay. uh, interesting. The, the groom's a firefighter, and the girl's a nurse practitioner here in Miami. Okay. Awesome. I, like, I thought it was like me looking at houses in Chilla Coffee and being like, "Damn!" <laughs> For the price of a three-bedroom house in Shenandoah, I could buy a an estate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you'll also like be living in. You know how cold you are in Paris? That's nothing compared to how cold you'll be in Chilla Coffee. You know how many rooms I have to be warm in? One of those houses. <laughs> that's also true that's also yeah. true touche, like, touche. You, had, you had to find me between you know like how many fireplaces my home would have exactly <laughs> one yeah. in every room every room has to have a fireplace like the biggest house yeah, in Miami was smarter than these things for like 600 grand oh my god yeah dude. well I, all, all i know is it needs to get clearer here because i'm getting depressed like so i, I don't know if i talked about this before on the show i mean you guys know of course but i brought what i guess is kind of my dream camera slash forever camera lens setup whatever um i finally got 35 cron that's spherical. so she's a beaut yeah i i, I mean I, I plan to keep it for a while but Ain't it's no been kind of depressing now. it's been depressing because since i've had it like it's been raining or i've been too busy or it's been a storm or crazy stuff and more COVID spikes. So yeah, it just needs to change quickly because 
you know, knowing me, if I, if I keep it here and actually don't get to use it and actually enjoy it, I'm going to think something else is my dream camera and then something else. And it's going to just rotate out. So you should think that, uh, M10 monochrome with a 90 Sumo Lux is your dream camera. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I I see what you're doing and it's not happening. <laughs> What's the no. most money I can get Mark to spend on a camera? Same thing with like the, I got the key too and I haven't been able to use it. I've, used, I've gone out to shoot it, I think, one time. You've sent us the most spectacular photo of a dog I've ever seen. Well, there we go. That's what I do. I take a picture. I'm like, look at BB's eyelash. How far I can zoom in on this thing. That's all I'm doing with it. Yeah. It's like yeah. 47 megapixels. I'm like 25 feet away from her. But look at well, her to be fair, to be fair, I know the reason why you don't go outside. It's because you're Cuban. And for those of you listening or watching that are not Cuban, if you are Cuban and you go out in the rain, you will die. That is a that's probably a lot of Caribbean grandmothers people, like, and grandfathers and parents ingrained in your brain. If you're Cuban and you get wet, you will straight up die. But, but so the Q2 so is weatherproof, my friend. You can go out there in the rain and shoot all you want. <laughs> yeah. I, I, can't, that, I can't. I can't convince my clients to go out and get all like soaked for their photos. That's not. That's not what they want. That's not like the look. The word they is, want. am I gonna get what a derrame or something like that? What's the word? What do you get when you? <laughs> Like when you go into the pool after, if you go into the pool after like eating lunch. Like, oh, you'll die. Dead. I know. <laughs> if you there's shower there's after eating, dead. There's a oh, word God. for it. Uh, if you walk I around the, if you it. walk around the house barefoot, no socks, dead. And if you put your, <laughs> and you put your purse on the floor, it's like hobble. Dead. And broke. <laughs> yeah. Broke then dead. <laughs> oh, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, speaking of the queue, um, there's there's a a new challenger has has uh what's god damn it I completely destroyed that joke uh, a challenger has arrived or appeared or whatever <laughs> yeah there you go fuck man sorry guys man, i'm on. terrible come on <laughs> i know no, where it's from i just i completely on, it just didn't come to my <laughs> <Yeah>, right <laughs> let me go punch an acro legend like five thousand times with some extra points here but um I, it was some accurate because I know because I've been playing Street Fighter, the original stuff recently on my uh, my uh, Raspberry Pi whenever I got bored over the pandemic. But um, Zeiss has released or finally released that. All right. Let me hold on. I'm going to get it right. It's a ZX1 um, camera. And we were kind of talking about it a little bit offline, but um, it's a full frame 35 millimeter F2 Zeiss lens, obviously with a really wacky form factor, if you will, and wait for it, it has Adobe Lightroom built in. Well, so it runs a fork of Android. So it's an Android power, powered camera, which. <laughs> Green bubble camera. So yeah, like, we, oh, had this, man. we had a, a yeah, uh, my leg has got blue bubbles. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh um yeah so okay. we've shared we some thoughts offline yeah, yeah. We, so we had so, a discussion about this and we'll try to make it census yeah. is let's start with the good that, yeah let's yeah, start that, with that's the good. fair okay fine so, let's start with the good go for it all right 35 millimeter f2 that's it's the lens that mark just got call, calling his forever lens basically it's zeiss so it's going to be a it's going to be great optically like that's a given they're doing something interesting. The card, the camera doesn't use memory cards. It has a built-in SSD. And 
I'm pretty sure it is because it should be. Any built-in SSD will be faster than any card you could put in there. Mm-hmm. So the actual, I don't know how fast it actually does burst, but it should be able to have like a super crazy fast burst mode. I don't know if it does. And, and probably not have the buffering issues, I'd assume. I'd assume. Exactly. It's not, it's not writing back to a card. Yeah. Well, right? It's kind of basically dumping too, up. Even yeah. an SSD yeah. will start lagging after a while. Eventually, but it was, it, it'll be longer than even like a UHS2 card or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And yeah, but it's probably like not a fast card. I don't think it, no, I don't it's well, it's, so, because there's still, there's no interface between the two. Yeah. So, so right. as, as the, the person who is probably closest to tech, so to speak, although, yeah, you know, it impresses me all the time, right? SSDs typically have like a pretty high throughput. I mean, those UHS one cards are what, like 300 megabits per second or whatever. That's what they're typically rated for, give or take. Like SSDs no, can get dude. into like the. Those are like are? the really nice ones. The USH2 cards are the yeah. ones that. You get 300 megabit, megabits per second out of, but they're the most expensive really SD play. cards you can get before you start getting into like CF. Sorry, three, not even megabits, C, 300, 300 megabytes per second. So I don't know what the, the I think it's like you divide by eight to kind of figure it out, whatever, as far as megabits. But basically an, an SSD should theoretically get better performance based on what typical SSDs, mm-hmm. if you're talking about SSD. But the... What what's usually the limiting factor is like the bus, right? Like what the connection is. So the SSD could be, you know, give you a, a bajillion uh, megabits per second of throughput, but if the bus that is connected to is limited, and that's going to be your bottleneck. So I we don't know anything about that because obviously that's not really something that's probably published, I and mean, we haven't really looked into it. But I, I would suspect that if they designed it properly, that wouldn't be a limiting factor. So it should perform better than a UHS one card or UHS two card. Sorry, that that's my theory on it you know, without really verifying some of the information. Okay. So. so point one, it's fast. And it, it has should like be. A, and I think it's like should a 512 be. storage, like 512 gigabytes of storage. That's Which is like, yeah, a lot. You could do an yeah, entire trip on that. You'll be fine. For sure. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if it has, has anybody a, looked at have USB? Like on that. I don't remember. Um, I have it up have here. To transfer and everything I'll, to I'll Wi-Fi. Take a look at would, like the Q2 doesn't have any ports. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. The Q2 has no ports. Like... Look at right. it. There's no ports on it. Let's do this. We're, we're going to do a little <laughs> screen sharing thing. He's like, wait, I, where's my port? How does this what? work? <laughs> How does it doesn't even have like, a USB on it? No, nothing. There's nothing on it. Are you sure, bro? Pause it. There's nothing on it. All right. There you go. So this is, this is the ZX1. I guess ZX1. I'm thinking of my QP. Yeah, that has ports. Yeah. yeah so... We'll get into some of the other stuff, but let's let's Whoa, think that about looks like ass, dude. <laughs> yeah, that that's really... like the most pixelated. <laughs> yeah. Are we oh, so it does like, look. Are you, using dial- are you using dial-up? Oh wait, is it's pixelated? It's probably no, no, it's good now. It's, no, it was fine already. It fixed. It. it oh, sorry about that. <laughs> it must be yeah, you know, SD cards. I, I I did. <laughs> There's an option in Zoom. This is optimized screen sharing for video clip. So I guess it does like some wacky stuff. Let me know if it's still crappy again, and I'll just wait until. Never. Yeah, it looks like a Game Boy right now, but it'll get better. Yeah, yeah it does look. It actually looks worse than a Game Boy. Let's see if it's getting better. I'm gonna scroll a bit. Nope, there we go. Oh, there it is. Okay, all right. all right, perfect. All right, yeah. So it does have USB C. It's a well okay. terminal. I don't know if that's for charging or not. Whatever. Um, I would hope. But yeah, or that should be for Pro- probably. Dude, I feel like every camera that has USB C, you can charge the camera through USB C. Yeah, even the SL2 has that. So let, let's let's critique a little bit because I know we, we 
talked about this, but we didn't really look. <laughs> so let's be honest. None of us really looked into this well enough to like really care. Right. So this is probably the first time we're seeing some of these things. Like I'm looking at the shutter speed. I'm like, that's kind of low on a mechanical shutter, but it is what it is. Yeah. And um, it doesn't have electronic shutter. Yeah. I don't see that listed. It doesn't show it. I mean, usually you'd see shutter speed. You'd have a, you know, a breakdown of like mechanical right. versus yeah, electronic or anything like that. That is a problem. Yeah, yeah that for is sure. Two thousand uh, shutter speed is definitely not fast enough. Yeah, it has a seven twenty p modern day camera. Screen. Yeah, five twelve memory. Um, apparently, it comes with two. I saw some video that says it came comes with two rechargeable batteries in the box. I don't know. It says one here. Um, I yes. honestly kind of don't like the fact that it does not have a memory card slot either. Like. Why would you do that? So, so that goes into, I guess, since Yanni talked about the, the good stuff, let me add one good thing and then we can probably jump into why I don't like it because that, that's one of the things that just drives me nuts besides the obvious elf in the room of the Lightroom thing. So the only good thing I see about it is that I feel like they're trying to push the envelope on ergonomics. So let me see if I can get a good view of it here. That looks ugly. Aesthetically, it's a beautiful camera. It's, so it is probably re- I don't one of the damn. most beautiful cameras design-wise that I've seen, like digital cameras. I, I say pushing them. Yeah, I guess so. All right, translate for our non-Hispanic viewers and me, please. Uh, for uh, your they make, liking, they, they make, make the colors. Color, colors exist for your liking. Like, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I get it. But <laughs> Yeah. Like, so the 512 internal storage is like they're they're trying to create a camera where you don't have to ever do use anything else but the camera in your hand. Yeah, everything is okay. I get self-contained. That, you could but, even edit yeah. the photo on there. Yeah. But I was asking about the USB port because if the only way to, I thought they were gonna take it to like the next level where the only way to get anything off this camera is through Wi-Fi transferring or something, which is super slow. Is this a twenty-four like forty-eight megapixel? So that was something that came. It's thirty-seven. Like 30. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's not okay. nothing, right? It's I mean, not it's, it's high. You know, yeah. It's not a 24. It's not a 26. It's, you know, I, I, can do I, that. I think the can, yeah, some of the cannons are like, I think in the thirties too. So, you know, I think it would, once you another get over, good thing yeah. is it has good glass on it. I mean, let's be real. Zeiss is yeah. really good. Um, and then I really like aesthetically oh. the way that it looks. Uh, I, I, from what I understand, I watched like two review videos on it. The UI is very fast and very intuitive, which, you know, is pretty cool. Like a lot of cameras are not that way at all. So I just realized something. It has a leaf shutter, which is interesting. Yeah. That's, that's why cool. it only goes to 2000. And physical exposure yeah. dials. I don't yeah. think well, they um, don't. Yeah. Go ahead. No, Where does the, the Q2 go to? I don't know. Pick I feel like the X100. I'm pretty see. sure the X100 got up to like pick 4, up your compu- pick something. up your Q2 right next to you. <laughs> your your computer <laughs> next to you. All right, I mean, well, on let, the dial it goes to 2,000. But yeah, that's like, what I meant. Like, like the leaf shutter. I don't think shutter. a leaf shutter could go over like 2,000. You but sure? I'm pretty sure the X100 a, did 4,000. It doesn't I, have I, like. Let me see. Not, well, the V. Oh. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Because hmm. I remember like 8,000 being like the, the next well, stop. Maybe you once do. you get to the full frame size leaf shutter. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're nitpicking at that point, I guess, yeah. you know, I was just kind of pointing out that it's that. So, so I, I think, I think, yeah, design, I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about it. Yeah. It goes um, up to four, that one, four thousandth. I think Q2? it's good to the Q2. This camera's nice. garbage. <laughs> I think it's good that it's, 
trying to fit alongside the queue and, you know, I guess the, the fixed lens point and shoot. I mean, if you go on BNH, the page that I got to before, like it had the Q, the Q2, or just Q2 is the Q2 monochrome, which we can jump into a little bit. Um, and the Sony RX1R2. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, coming, having the X100 and liking the Q and Q2, like I, I like the idea of like a fixed lens camera that's just like, you know, a shooter's camera. Uh, but, you know, downsides. Um, w- Let's start with the elephant in the room. It's a computer. It's running Android, or as you mentioned, a fork of Android. It's essentially and a smartphone. Yeah. So, so I, beyond the obvious thing that I think you, we talked about offline of it becoming obsolete very quickly, or at least you know in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can edit on the back, like form factor wise, editing on the back of a camera like that. So every now and then I review yeah, do pictures like on a. Yeah, my phone is fine because I can hold my phone like this and, you know, kind of twist it and turn it however I want. But if I have a camera, I wish I had like... And your phone's battery lasts for like 10 hours. Yeah, so that's another thing. The other thing thing I'm thinking about is the weight of it, right? Remember, it doesn't have a tilt screen, right? And I know on the X-T3, a lot of times when I'm reviewing stuff, whatever on the back, or like kind of just calling stuff and, you know, the Fuji cameras allow you to, um, you know, tweak the... JPEG image like in camera. So you can you can't edit, right? You're not editing, obviously, but you're changing stuff. I find it very uncomfortable to hold the camera and move things around with a D-pad or even the touch screen. So what I usually do is kind of sit the camera down on like a flat surface, tilt the screen up at an angle that I view it, and then I do what I need to do there. So I keep thinking to myself, like, I'm gonna hold a, you know, I don't know how heavy the camera is, let's say a two-pound camera in my hand, use the other hand to like mess with Lightroom, I was like, that's not, I don't see it as a, an enjoyable experience at all. You know, forget the battery life, forget the yeah. obsolete stuff. That just, it just doesn't seem practical. It's, it's a uh, nice to have maybe, you know, like, hey, yeah. cool. You know, it, if you want to do something. definitely not something I would use for sure. But I, I think- rather the idea of like connected to, you know, always on connected to your smartphone or something so you can mm-hmm. grab that stuff. It just doesn't seem practical to me. And, and I think where I think this camera would have been great is if they for go the just the light yourself leave the ssd and that's that's different leave the design in you know leave it being you know whatever sensors in it and the zeiss lens drop the price by you know two thousand bucks because of what is it six thousand dollars drop the price to like by a thousand to two thousand dollars and compete with the q2 uh, and other cameras like that and like then you have something i think that's a little bit more you know reasonable if you will right i just don't think the lightroom thing of it part of it is practical. It's not because I think like it's cheesy. I just don't think it's practical. You know, the, 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 the whole Lightroom thing, Lightroom, Lightroom mobile or light, I guess Lightroom. LRCC or whatever. Yeah. CC. Yeah. Like it's been, mm-hmm. it's on a roadmap and it's progressing rapidly and new features are coming in. Features from classroom are being moved over to CC and it's becoming a very robust editing platform. But when you have Android, which if you have like a Google Pixel or a Samsung, like top of the line phone, you're going to get whatever the next version of Android is, is going to go is also going to work on your phone. What are the chances that maybe the next one will probably work, but like two or three versions of Android down the line are going to work on this camera. And what are the chances that whatever the next version of Lightroom CC is going to work on older versions of Android, or it's going to have some dependency that it requires the most current version or a newer version that you don't have. Yeah. And now you're, how much is a camera? $6,000. $6,000 camera. Yeah. is running like a two-year-old version of Lightroom. Yeah. 
it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, and just the, the even the, even the, if they the update Android it, thing. it's just like it's. I think it goes back to what Mark said. It's just like an uncomfortable way to edit a picture. Yeah. No, but the obsolete thing know, is man. an important thing because you For know sure. we kind of knocked on the Pixie, dude. Especially Pixie, yeah. more than anything, especially yeah. at the price point. Yeah, the camera is yeah, we, super we, expensive. It's like six grand or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a you know, it's not a you know, yeah. And even like let's let's use the Pixie for example. Like if the Pixie, well, the Pixie's problem is that you need it needs to connect to a phone to work properly. Yeah. But let's just say that the camera just ran on Android, not that it had Lightroom in, built in. Mm-hmm. They stop updating Android and the camera stops getting updates, but it doesn't become so worse. It doesn't become yeah exactly. It doesn't become a worse camera. Yeah. But once Lightroom starts getting stops being updated, now you have a different version of Lightroom than what you have on like your computer or your other phone. Like it no, it's no longer relevant. You won't want to use it anymore. So that in the main differentiator for this camera stops being relevant after maybe a year or two. Yeah. It, that was, I don't know. And this is this is not us thinking, you know. I mean, you said that oh they'll update Samsung phones, whatever. We have seen in the past Android phones like older hardware stop getting updates, or and I mean, I can tell you just from work, like we know some of the the software we have doesn't work as well on older Android phones, even if they're running newer software. So you know, because that's tied together the way it is, I just see that being like a major problem because you have basically a couple things, right? You have the hardware that's never going to update, right? Which is usually fine for a purpose-built device that, you know, is meant, hey, this is a camera, that's what it's doing, nothing else, right? You can always update software to kind of fix things within the, the context of that hardware. But you have that to worry about. You have Adobe to worry about because they, as you said, have a roadmap of what Lightroom CC or mobile, whatever you're going to call it, you know, will be, you know, hopes to be, whatever. And I can't imagine that they're like, all right, Zeiss, we're going to delay our development or, you know, make sure we keep you in the loop for like the next eternity. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Android aspect, which is, hey, Android gets updates, you know, from, you know, whatever confection or freaking candy they want to go with next year, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And there comes a point, even on iOS, where they will no longer support older hardware that doesn't meet certain requirements. It's just the nature of software and, and hardware, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, to your point, like it just becomes a point where like you run the risk of spending $6,000, something that's really only fully functional for a couple of years. I don't know if it's two years or if it's three years or if it's five or if it's I mean, three even years Android max, phones, like there's max, even Android max. phones that have never gotten an, an update, like an yeah. Android phone that never gets an update because it's just not worth it to them because it's lesser sold hardware. Um, yeah. I can't imagine a version of Android that's going to sell less on this camera. Yeah. Like, this is going to be the worst selling Android product by design. I yeah. mean, I, I think this is I, at the end of the day, I think Zeiss f- fucked it up. They're gonna, it's going to be a huge flop. Yeah, I don't think they intend to sell a ton camera, of these. Dude. I think they intended to get people to talk about Zeiss and make them relevant again in that sense. Because they're still making lenses for other systems. They have gas, but dude, their Sony systems, they make like a go for it. Sorry. Like they have like their Leica lenses or Sony lenses. They have they have a big market of other things they sell. This is just, let's make a camera. Let's get people talking. And people are talking about it because it's that different. Yeah. If Yeah, I just think they should have gone with like a, a nice range finder to compete with an M. That would have been interesting. I mean, yeah, you know, they have made have the Zeiss icon. We talked about mark. that earlier. Yeah, exactly. Like a, you know, like like a, a digital, digital Zeiss icon. Yeah. That, that, that's a good point. 
you know, it, it would have been it, so basically what the Pixie should have been, right? We're going back to the Pixie, but we hope the yes. Pixie would have been like an alternative, but having like a name like Zeiss where it's like, cool, it's not Leica because, you know, it's not like Leica, um, like a name, sorry, <laughs> like Leica. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that option, having Zeiss optics, you know, probably just making the M mount because, hey, of you course. can use Zeiss, you know, M, uh, M lenses on here and not going crazy. Um, and I wonder if that's probably what happened. I can't imagine that that's what it is, right? I mean, no they wouldn't be cannibalizing if they made an M mount camera, they'd be cannibalizing, uh, you know, uh, Leica. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know, but like, I'm pretty sure they yeah. still saw the icon, like the film Zeiss, I think it's still sold. Really? Just like the Landers R2 the Bessa. or whatever. Yeah. The best. Yeah. I didn't know that either of them are still being sold. That's cool. The Voigtlander is for sure. Should just bought one of those. Screw an M6. I was going to. I was considering it at one point. So now that we've bashed this Zeiss camera for a while, and we've talked about obsolete cameras like the Pixies, do you guys think that any digital camera could be a forever camera, sort of the way people talk about the M6? I do. I think as long as they make batteries, as long as um, camera techs have like accessibility to spare parts and be able to like fix them themselves, and not have, for example, I mean my choice would be is pretty obvious that it's going to be like a um i'd probably go with a q or q2 uh i just don't see why you would need more than that but you know Leica is going to come out with something better and more expensive and eventually they're going to stop support for it so it's i think it just comes down to that i think like all right. Well, you answered the question pretty literally. Like, there's still batteries. The camera still turns on. Still takes photos. It could be fixed. But the thing with digital cameras, like, this thing, oh. for like five years, I've had this X100. I can still use it. It still works fine. It works as good as the day I got it. But it doesn't have like the eye detect autofocus. It's super slow to focus. It has like a horrible buffer. It's 16 megapixel. It doesn't compare in any way, shape, or form to any other camera I have. So, yeah, it still works. And I still use it. I actually just bought brand new batteries for it right now. So maybe I could use it for another five years. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not a camera I could use in 20 years. And I'll be like, wow, this thing still takes great photos. Like, I still love this thing. I I, I think so. I, I Before you mentioned it earlier offline, I actually was thinking about it. Because when I was joking to you guys that I was going to get a Q2, I kept thinking to myself, like, oh, you know, is an M10 the right camera to, to have for a long time? And I was like, you know, most of what I shoot would probably be better served by a Q2, which is where that thought came from. And I thought to myself, I was like, no, I, I think if anything today, digital cameras, like a camera like a Leica, digital Leica really, is probably the camera that would make the most sense. Because beyond the image sensor performance, the rest of it is just bare bones. It's like a film camera where like, it kind of doesn't matter as long as there's film for it, you know, it works, right? Same thing as long as there's, I mean, it, let's be honest, the, the battery and everything, spare parts are pretty much across the board, regardless of which brand or whatever it is. But I think the bare bones nature of an M, M uh, like an M camera makes it so that, sure, which is why I still have one, right? When you're, you want something that's different than the eye detect, IBIS, this is that crazy technology. And it's just like, you want to go back to like the purest form or nostalgia, again, similar to the M6. 
I feel like a digital M is probably the only digital camera that I think that will, you'll kind of expect that, Hey, it's not going to have the best sense or best performance. It's not going to have this tech because it doesn't have it now. <laughs> it doesn't have it now when it's, when it's a, you know, current camera. Yeah, that's a really good point. Right. You know, so yes, you, you won't get the, you know, the dynamic range, everything that the newer cameras have, that, that's to be expected. But I think, you know, you made a good point. Like the, your X100 versus X100F or the V, the main differences were, you know, faster processor and things like that, right? And more technology. What's the difference between this M10 that's on my desk now that nobody can see and an M240 or an M9 besides form factor stuff, right? Dynamic range, color, the way it looks. Yeah. And but using size. it is the same. Yeah, but using it is the same, right? Like yeah. there's, there's, you get no real, and this is, you know, the argument people make. I, I feel it's yeah. not as much. The M10 has much better high ISO performance. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. we, you know, look at the M10R. And yeah, M10 but he's talking yes, about like the, the, the shooting experience. Yeah, but he, that's what you're talking about, Mark? Yeah, more so that. Like, you're not going to, you're not gaining enough on the tech side between the different M cameras, I think, that make it feel like, oh my God, this is so obsolete. Like, you know, like, I think if I had started out with an M9, I would have probably just been like, all right, cool. I mean, even right now, like M- M10Rs are out, and I'm like, I don't really care. Well, you know? I mean, like, you put it that way, and I mean, you have a point. Benj Heish, uh, who is a, a well-known wedding photographer uh, from the Pacific Northwest, he has been shooting Leica for a long time, um, and he was shooting with M9s up until I'm pretty sure he just sold his last M9 this year. I think so, he had two like, forties to switch to switch. Maybe I th- yeah, two forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he just switched over to, 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 to M10s this year. I mean, I've had it, my M10 for three years already. You like know what I, I mean? Earlier, so like, huh? Like what I said earlier, like the M9, when you originally bought it, like having it 10 years later, doesn't make it any worse. But the yeah. M9 really can't shoot over like 800 ISO. It, yeah. It, it really can't. Like it mm-hmm. completely falls apart, which was fine when it came out. And it's mm-hmm. still just as good today. Mm-hmm. But you also have other cameras going to 6,400, 12,000 something. Like mm-hmm. you're you're going to feel limited by this M9, right? You know, that any worse yeah. Okay, but uh, do you, what do you? I mean, I don't know, man. No, you're you're right. I mean, so, I think there there will always be better performance, but I think what goes into that performance is another thing. Like I'm going to use a really random example. A Honda Civic, right, has pretty much been the same, like yes you, you add things that are like more with the time like you get backup cameras and stuff like that but it's still a honda Civic. like you, you get it for that purpose of getting an economical vehicle and yeah, the other really stuff like honda Civic without carplay hmm. but that's so uh, that's a per- that's a perfect example though that that's a perfect example and and it's it's ironic because i did get the m10 because of the wi-fi support right and, and I think, you, all right, so I'm seeing your point because this is coming, it, it's making a lot of sense. I just, all right, let me, let me rephrase my point on that. I don't think it's as, it's with an M because of the design philosophy behind it. I don't think it's as drastic as going from like uh, Canon 5D, you know, classic to a 5D Mark IV or even an X100T to an X100V, right? They're, I, I, again, I think this is probably down to like Leica's philosophy on the M. It's funny you mentioned this because I thought about, I saw something on Reddit and I thought about, I was like, that's probably the one thing that would change it. If Leica decided they're going to do like a 
hybrid viewfinder thing, like the way the X uh, Pro 2 and X Pro 3 has, where you have the optical viewfinder if you want to do rangefinder coupled focusing, but will also give you an electronic viewfinder that pops up and then gives you a focus peaking. If they do that, I'm like, okay, take my money. That's it. Take my money. You know. Yeah, but now you're now you're back to the upgrade cycle because EVFs are getting better and better every single year. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I mm-hmm. disagree with Christian's answer. Like the Q to me will never be a forever camera, even though it's like great camera. It's still a technology-based camera. Like right now, it doesn't have phase detect autofocus. Like if they put that in, the autofocus on the Q2 get... does. No, it doesn't. No, no, yeah, they they're don't. both contrast yeah. detect only. Mm-hmm. If they yeah, put in it has face body detect. No, no, no not face. No, phase. P H A S E. Got it. Got yeah. it. So, you were right about yeah. that. I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about, bro? It's right here. <laughs> well, they put that in. It gets like, yeah, no, you're right, or sure. like Sony cameras have like animal detect and stuff like that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's all progressing. VMs, like Mark said, won't. It it's as fast as you can focus a camera. It'll never have autofocus, so the focus can't get any better than what it currently is. But they still have much to Christian's dismay in the past couple of weeks. The dynamic range on color Leicas still kind of sucks compared to everything else in the market. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So we get to the monochrome. The current, the original M9 monochrome CCD sensor, which on color was good to like 800 ISO, was good to like 6400 or maybe 12 something on the monochrome. The 240 was amazing, probably up to like 12,000 also. When the actual two, the norm, the color 240 was at 3,200, it's destroyed. Yeah. The current, the current M monochrome, I think it goes what, to like 100,000 ISO? Yes, yeah, ungodly, man. Yeah. And it still looks great. Yeah. Maybe the next one, I mean, 11 monochrome might go to 200,000, but at that point, like, it's a marginal gain. Like you don't really need to go over a hundred. You don't need to go over 12,000, 50,000. I've never in my professional life as a photographer and I shoot in the dark a lot ever, ever have gone over 6,400 ISO and 6,400 when I'm and and I've only gone to 6,400 on my SL2 or my Q2 when I'm shooting at like one fortieth of a second, because the IS is so good on 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 those Leica cameras, that like you can shoot handheld at one twentieth, one thirtieth, one fortieth, and with and, and have something be literally perfectly in focus. Yeah, yeah. So, so with and, and and at that point, I'm just basically making nighttime look like daytime. If I'm at sixty four hundred two point on my Summicron uh, SL Apo. And uh, one thirtieth or one fortieth. I mean, at that point, literally, if it's dark in front of me, it's going to be like look like daytime almost. Right. So imagine if you have a hundred thousand available, and it still looks good enough. So once you get to the M10 monochrome, which is the same size as an M6 TTL or an M7, mm-hmm. it's already like the ideal size. If I don't. They might make it smaller in the future. I don't see it getting any smaller than what it currently is. I wouldn't. Kind of I wouldn't want them to do that because yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm 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 gonna have make a or give a hot take here. So I think circling back to the question, the question was, you know, can there be, uh, I guess, a modern or any digital camera that could be like a forever camera, as far as like, you know, something you could have forever? I think the short answer is no, because by the nature of how they are, and you know, 
I, we look at the M6, I think we look at the M6 as a forever camera because of like, again, the, the design philosophy behind it, meaning, you know, like a rangefinder, you know, how it is and the fact that it's film and the medium. And I think that's what the big thing is that the medium changed, right? Because think about it. The same thing happened with camera technology. Leicas are based on a very old, you know, technology, if you will, very for, for using a camera. Like they have film cameras that do, you know, burst speeds and, you know, whatever, all this crazy stuff. Like the technology, even in film was still there. So what I think happened is that the medium changed and we went to digital sensors. So the entire things are stopped. So it's like, which of these is like least obsolete and then you go back to the whole parts thing where hey can you get parts how simple is it how because all those other things have electronic parts that never end up breaking if we're talking in digital cameras they all share the same problems and that's why you know going back to like my i guess answer on that is that i think a digital leica is the only thing because there's less just a bit less and the design philosophy is a little bit more simple to where you're probably not gonna hit these massive leaps and bounds from you know i mean what's the, the timeline between an M240 and M10 or an M10 to the M10R? It's like, it's like five years plus, right? You just don't have that same cycle um, because of the design philosophy behind the, you know, Leica in general, it also the end. So that, that's, that's kind of my, my take on it all. Yeah, to bring it but, all. But so like the, the monochrome part is like, it just, it's already resolves like a medium format sensor how much better can they actually make the standard full frame sensor? And like, it's not going to go to medium format because now your M lenses are useless. So they're kind of stuck with that size sensor. If they want to continue being an M, the resolution is there. The color science is there because it doesn't exist. Like it's never going to get any better yeah. color wise. The focus yeah. is never going to get any better. It doesn't need a faster burst mode. It, the M10M might be peak Leica. Anything after that is just little marginal gains that I could be I wrong. Like, right. The center next year that goes to five hundred dollars. You know, I think I the only the only thing they could add to it is um, honestly is image stabilization, and they and that would be kind of difficult because of the size of the camera to keep the size of the camera, mm-hmm. and not just that, but then none of the lenses have IS, so you're yeah, still but... not getting that full IS performance. Oh, like still be better, but you don't. Yeah, yeah even, but I think I really wish that ISO they available. Had, yeah, yeah, but it's different, dude. It's different. It's different to be able to shoot at IS uh to, at ISO 100. Look up the monogram. People set the- of a freaking second handheld. The first time I ever used the SL2 at the Leica store in Miami, uh Josh Lear and I were playing around with it and he's like, "Dude, see how far down you can go just shooting handheld without getting camera shake." I shot that thing at one sixth of a second. Yeah. And without, with, with like literally, I, I mean, I wasn't shooting a person. I was shooting like an object, like a still, you know, still object, but where it was perfectly in focus. Like, but you're, yeah, but, like, but you're I'll, kind of missing I'll, the appeal of the monochrome. People set, like a lot of people on the auto ISO set the base ISO to like 3200 because they don't want the image to be that clean. They want a little bit of green to it. Yeah. So it, that's true. On the monochrome, it doesn't even matter. Like, it's black yeah. and white. You don't need that. Well, color. here's the other thing, I, and I think your reason for saying the monochrome is different than I think the way we're evaluating it. The monochrome, by nature of being black and white, I think takes advantage of that because some of those things don't matter. Going back to the ISO discussion, the ISO is important because you know 
shutter speed, right? I mean, sure, you have IBIS or whatever, and you can shoot at one sixth of a second. But if I'm shooting moving objects, then no, I can't do that, right? So I'd rather have the ISO performance. Was like, I'll still get the freeze motion if I need to, if that's what I need to do, um, you know, um, and keep the shutter speed high, right? I mean, imagine like shoot photography at night now, right? Shooting a hundred thousand ISO at you know one two fiftieth of a second and whatever at nighttime, like that would look. And if it's clean enough, that's bananas. So yeah. I think, you know, that approach is, or that way of thinking about it is different. But I think, you know, Yanni talked about the monochrome being like possibly the, uh, was it the last camera you need to buy thing or like, you know, one that will last you a lot longer. I think that's mainly because of the niche factor of it, like because yeah. it is what it is. Sorry, let me, let me interrupt you for one sec. Mm-hmm. It's not the last camera you need to buy. It's a camera you don't have to replace. It's no, obviously it's a yeah. monochrome. Like you, that's can't be your only camera. That's ridiculous. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but it's a camera you could pick up in ten years from now, and you'll tell still tell Alan Shallow that. <laughs> Alan Shallow said we talked about. <laughs> but uh, I wonder, yeah. I wonder what Alan Shallow thinks about the Q two monochrome. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he shoots pretty wide it. a lot. Like he shoots like really wide. I mean, was yeah, it a twenty four? Yeah. So, I mean, he might like it. I mean, I haven't seen him post anything about it. You would assume that the way these, you know, YouTube and Instagram celebrities are, they probably like, you know, I I find it funny, by the way, just as, you know, side note for a second. I find it funny that whenever like cameras drop nowadays, it doesn't matter from who. And I'm surprised it actually just happened with like, like it drops like everybody has a review of this thing. Like everybody has touched this camera already. Like it's not even like that, like, um, uh, you know, uncommon anymore. Like everybody has touched this thing. You know, Matt Day posted one. A bunch of random people. Very offended. Like, like has not sent me anything. Yeah, the very full offended. Blog, full blogger whatever his that website yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I he hate seeing posted that on Reddit. Yeah. He posted on Reddit like, oh, I've been using it for like about the past month and a half or something. Here are my views. Like, what? You've had this thing yeah. for a month and a half? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what Matt Day like, said too. Yeah. It's like, yeah. come on, guys. Yeah, but Mad Day's Mad Day. This guy's like some guy with a blog. Yeah. <laughs> He's the blogger for it all. Yeah. With his built-in CPL. Dude. Right. Well, <laughs> I um I agree with you, man. I think you're right about the monochrome. Um, the M10 monochrome. It's just peak pretty much anything. Um now to can I ask the question, is there a color version of this camera that you said? That's of, that's what I was gonna think. No. Yeah. Retire. <laughs> I don't think so. I think color is just going to keep getting better and better. Um, And I think that ISO performance is going to keep getting better and better. And uh, I don't, you know what I don't see getting too much better is lenses. Like how much better can you get than my, like my Summicron SL Apple? They have to get better. Your your Summicron probably tops out like resolving power, maybe like around 40 something megapixel. Once cameras get to 100 megapixel, if they can, nah. it's not going to be there anymore. No, I think actually, uh, homie, what's his name from Leica, the guy who designs the cameras, Peter Carb. He okay. um, he talks about how exactly he said the opposite of what you just said, basically, where these lenses are made to like progress and 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 shoot on cam like for cameras that are going to be made from five, ten years from now. Because I know like the V2 lenses, like Mark has the V2 Summicron. Apparently the V2s came around to have more resolving power for the higher megapixel cameras. Yeah. Well, that might be so, and, and this is just again a thought that I don't have any proof of this. That might be due to 
it being a mount because the way I think about it is this, you have a mount that's been around for fucking ever, right? Like at what point does the mount and the form factor and the design of the lens, like, you know, physical parts of it become the limiting factor, right? I mean, you know, think about it, a, a Leica M has kind of looked the same for a long time. Sure, it's all just, you know, glass pointing, you know, in front of a sensor, but how much of that is limiting or how much of it do they have, can I have to like internally like think, ah, oh, shit, how are we going to make this work within this small barrel to keep it small, right? And not do these other things or, you know, make it super heavy, you know? I feel like that's probably more limiting factor than anything else where like, you know, as an example, Sony lenses or anything, some of these Sigma lenses that are fucking cannons in front of the, the, the camera, but they're optically ridiculous from what I've heard, you know? Which is probably also the problem with the IBIS. Like if you, if you look at the Fuji lenses, like a Fuji camera that has IBIS, not every single lens has the same number of stops improvement rating. It depends on the actual size of the image circle. So when you have this M mount lens, which has a little, the image circle has to be small by design because the lens is small compared to like the Nikon Z, which I think it's either the Z or the R or the Canon R. One of those two, like they, their big selling point was look at the size of our mount. This mount is yeah. massive. <laughs> yeah, I think it was and the... The Nikon. I remember that. Yeah. There was a so, big thing about it, like the yeah. flange distance and this is that and everything like that. So, so at that point, yeah. the M lenses will eventually be limited by the size of the lens. Like how much yeah, eventually, physics thing. eventually, eventually, yeah. but I don't think that they're there right now. No, they're not there now. Oh, at yeah, all. yeah. 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 But once we get to like hundred megapixels or more, if it even happens, can you fit that many pixels onto a full frame sensor? sensor like, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Well, so that, that, that point, goes back to... It has to, to become a medium format sensor. Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. Is like, you know, are we going to be using sensors in the way we do, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Because like I said, you know, the Leica M6 as an example, or even, you know, let's take the more most modern film M and M7, right? They were cameras that had a lot more technology in them, right? They have, you know, freaking, you know, multi-frame per second film cameras and you know so the technology was there even in the film world what happened is the media basically changed the medium sorry right to go digital and yes that lagged behind for a while but now there's no more development of film cameras and then i think you kind of realize where these different cameras have kind of solidified their place if you will right you know we said M- m6 is probably like a forever camera or you know some people say other m cameras but it it, it kind of makes sense so the question to me is like we're having this conversation now because we're used to the paradigm of, you know, crop sensor, full frame sensor, medium format. What if, you know, in 10 years we have, I don't know. I, I can't even think <laughs> some other just random technology, just not what we're used to. Well, how I does that change? The story, actually, you know? I just thought of something and what I think they could possibly do is something similar to what they've done with the SL2, where you can take a 180 megapixel file, like, a shot right uh they're just gonna have to find a way to do that in in one click instead of like so they already have so have you seen the new osmo pocket 2 the little gimbal from mm-hmm. dji yeah it has a tiny little sensor with 64 megapixels on it mm-hmm. so apparently what it does when you take a holy phone, shit oh, didn't know that explained it to me on reddit and i went over kind of went over my head but <laughs> apparently it has all the like it's normally a 16 megapixel sensor mm-hmm. but it has like the grid has like other pixels around those 
pixels and yeah it's like sh- it's like a pixel shift thing it's the but, same thing with uh, it does it in one shot yeah, yeah. i know so one the shot, sl does 64. it the sl2 does it in one shot the only thing is that you have but to know but the sl2 is actually is yeah it moves it's moving it yeah. sh- it's moving the sensor around yeah this isn't shifting anything this is one sensor that all of a sudden like i guess lights up every single sister on it and gets a 64 megapixel shot that's, that's wild that is yeah. that is great. wild yeah. well so, then there's your answer mark <laughs> There you go. And, and as I'm saying, maybe there's some on. technology we, we have we haven't thought about yet, you know. And I think at that point we might have that conversation again. It's like, oh yeah, well, since we got stuck with you know what we have today, is it the M10R? Is it the M10N? Is it you know an SL2? You know, is it the Fuji camera? Is it a GFX? Is what's the best camera, right? It might be the GFX because hey, you know what? These new sensors, whatever, do all this stuff here. But I really like you know the full the medium format look, right? That's really mm-hmm. what it was about. Because I, I think that's basically what it is, right? We we say the M6 because it's like Yes. I mean, why, why is film still relevant, right? I mean, everything about digital is because objectively better. Yeah, but so that's what I'm film, saying, so right? We can look back and... Mm-hmm. It's not going to be as clean as the digital file, but it's the pinnacle of film. Like, that's it. So yeah. maybe, like, the M10M is pinnacle digital. Like, anything higher than that, it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. Like, well, so that's my point. I was like, I don't think we'll be able to know the answer to that question until like maybe there'll be a new you know, shutter technology the, or a new sensor yeah. technology that comes out. But this is the peak of the full frame sensor. So in twenty years from now, like there's not going to be a better full frame sensor around. We shall see. Interesting. for now. Yeah. For now, I'm going to need that M10 monochrome Leica. Where you at, son? Hit me up. Yeah. Well, no, you need a Q2 things. monochrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm sticking to monochrome, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I didn't take you for an M10, uh, a monochrome guy. I think more Dude, you want to I get actually get more comments on my work about how much people love my black and white, uh, cons- like constantly, almost weekly. I get a comment about my black and white work verbally from my clients. And over time, like the more time has passed, I've done, I've edited less and less photos in black and white because I will have the occasional client that will ask, like I'll deliver a gallery and it will be like 70, 30, right? Color to black and white. And then they'll, they'll ask me and like email me like three or four black and white pictures. Like, can you make these color? And it's like, it just got (laughs) annoying. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to make everything color and only (laughs) a few black and whites. It, but people people make so many comments about it and my wife gets mad at me she's like you need to make more black and white even and she's like we should even offer like shooting an entire wedding in black and white and i was like i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminds me of my my um so the instagram account that i have for the kids like you know it's, it's pure black and white only like every photo there is posted black and white every time my parents look at it or like my grandma she's like like but can you do it in colors? Like, you know, like you think about it, like they're, they're old. They probably grew up looking at black and white. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. They're, they're like, like, why would you want this black blues. and white stuff? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, everything's in color. Like, that's what it is. You know, like it's just it's perspective. Yeah. It's just so funny. I also I think over time, and this is another reason why I've delivered less black and white is because I started seeing composition in color instead of like just composition in subject matter does that make sense where like i will see certain patterns in color uh, in a frame and i'd be like oh my god this this frame makes sense because it's 
the color here and here and whatever. And then instead of looking at it like, oh, well, this person is here, this person's here and like rule of thirds and blah, 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 whatever. So because of that, I have learned to like color more. Funny fact, when I bought my very first Leica, I bought my, an, M, uh, an M3 double stroke with a 50 Summicron rigid. I wanted to buy that camera specifically to only shoot at black and white and film. And it yeah. just never, like, I, as soon as I started seeing color film, I was like, uh, fuck black and white. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, I don't know. I don't know. But now it's like coming full circle where it's like, I'm seeing the value in black and white and why I should be delivering more black and white and posting more black and white for sure. We get, we also get a lot of interaction with our black and white posts as opposed to the color stuff. especially for like wedding work and stuff like that it just makes it more timeless in a way i guess yeah which is yeah. realistically like my my number one goal when i shoot weddings is to make the photos as timeless as possible it so also that... makes the subject of the photo the subject of the photo like not the colors or whatever yeah. is around them right yeah i remember when i think i don't know if we if i asked for your opinion on it but or maybe i just told you it's like i the reason i did the kids account black and white is because like i felt like you know, they're kids, right? And I'm, these are like candid pictures. So like the environment could be messy as hell with toys all over the place. And, you know, the toys are all kitty colored and everything like that or whatever, right? It could be in the grass. And like the black and white keeps the focus on like the moment and like the feeling. So there's a lot yeah. more that you get out of that, even if there's like a busy background, even if there's For like sure. toys all over the place. So, you know, I, I like that about black and white. And the other thing I like about black and white, which I've actually like, I, I can't commit to it because it, it, me, I, if I see good color, like I like it, I can't see it as well, you know, or like, you know, it's not like I have like the, I don't feel like I do. I have the composition skills to like put like lots of different colors together and make it look really compelling. But I feel like whenever I see a striking black and white photo, like from like Alan Schaller or some of these people I follow, like Mark Fearley or whatever, like I, it, like it, it sticks with me. Like I actually prefer their work over some color work sometimes like you know where meaning like where there's a lot of color where people are using and, and putting color together like a striking black and white image um just kind of does it for me like you know it, it, it and it's interesting because like i don't see myself as like somebody who really likes black and white but i, I just don't think i could commit myself to do it and, and it's funny this week specifically you know since it's been so gloomy outside and everything i was like man like you know there hasn't been anything bright or colorful really to take pictures of even the outside just outside the house and i was like man i was like i wonder if i should just start shooting some stuff in black and white to kind of you know inspire me a bit right because I, i'm just you know not inspired by the gloominess and the dullness that is the weather that we've had so just a thought hopefully the weather picks up and we got some sun and we get to start Dude, taking better I need shots the weather right? to pick up i really yeah. need the rain to stop yep. for real it's hurting my pocket it's hurting my heart I it's just, like rain on christian's wedding days yeah exactly <laughs> That's exactly correct. That is exactly All right, guys. Correct. Well, hopefully we get out of this horrible weather and everything picks up for all of us. Hopefully we'll also see you guys next week. Yeah, yeah. we'll do next no week more for delays. sure. We'll, we'll try not I to be more delayed. I don't have any travel planned until like around Christmas, so I'll be here for a few weeks. I'm never traveling again, so. <laughs> yeah, 2021, guys. I'd literally rather get COVID than not travel again. <laughs> Later, guys. Oh, See, you. Cool. See you all next Later. week. Later. Cool.